Hey everybody, it's Adrian. So before we jump into the episode today, we wanted to let you guys know that we now have a Patreon. Yes, we have a Patreon. It has been set up. You can feel free to go and check out the tiers and see what's going on. We are so excited about it. We are really, really stoked to bring you guys some bonus content. And of course, who knows, maybe some things in the future. So go ahead and check it out. You can find it at patreon.com slash slash her pod. That is a mouthful. Again, that's patreon.com slash slash her pod. And it's slash her with two H's. So S-L-A-S-H-H-E-R slash her pod. And go check out the tiers. And we appreciate you guys' support. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. and welcome to Slash Her, a delusional look into the art of horror and all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. My name is Adrian. And I'm Stormy. And welcome to the second week celebrating slasher films. Last week, of course, we discussed two Texas Chainsaw films. And now we're going to go ahead and do the exact same thing for the Nightmare on Elm Street series. I am so excited for this. Stormy threw this option out there. She said, baby, let's just go ahead and do the remake along with the original and give the girlies what they want. And I was like, you know what? T, let's do it. We said we took a break, so we're going to keep you fed in the... The month of our birthday. <laughs> it's a celebration this month, right? It really is. And the next month is celebration of me. Oh, so. mm, okay. Gemini season. <laughs> Y'all better. Uh-huh. She made sure that you guys remember. Next month is my month, baby. <laughs> we took a break for Adrian's birthday. So. <laughs> for my month, I was like, I am cutting strings real fast. I'm disappearing into a hole. As you should, queen. As you should. <laughs> But I'm hyped up, bitch. Are you, like, a fan of the Nightmare franchise at all? No. Interesting. Have you seen them? Uh, I've seen the first three. Okay, solid ones. And Freddy vs. Jason. But. Okay. I think there's, like, s- I think there's, like, six films, right? There is a total of nine oh. different Freddy Krueger movies. Six, I guess you could say, being part of like the original run from one to six. Six being, I'm pretty sure it's Freddy's like final nightmare. And then the seventh film, I guess, pretty much could easily be linked to the other six in a weird way. But it's also kind of like a spinoff, which was Wes Craven's new nightmare, uh, where it's kind of like real life Heather Lingenkamp, like fighting a weird real life creation of Freddy Krueger from, I don't know, her memory or something. Um and then there's, of course, Freddy vs. Jason, which is also kind of like a spinoff, also kind of connected to the original, you know, run of films. And then there's the remake, honey. So nine in total. Um, I have personally stayed away from the franchise a little bit because of, like, impressions that were made on me when I was very young. Um, the whole, 
like child murderer thing didn't vibe with me because I was getting pedophile vibes anyways. And then the remake came along and confirmed everything and love Robert England, love Wes Craven, but this is not my franchise. Okay. See, yes, with the Nightmare franchise, I also, I, I'm pretty sure I have seen them all at least once in my lifetime. Um, you know, the weed, the trauma, it's ravaged my memory, so I can't remember things clearly. I can remember, like, specific moments from each of the films. I couldn't tell you which film that it belonged to. But yeah. like, I've known, I've seen probably all of them. But the only ones I do clearly remember are the first three. Um, those three, to me, are my favorites. But again, like, I... I can't probably really say for certain. I'm going to have to sit down and like rewatch them all again. But the first three are always like very clear in my mind. And the other ones all kind of like mush together up until new nightmare. Cause I really love new nightmare. Um, and I really enjoy Freddy versus Jason. Um, and we'll talk about the remake a little bit later. What would you say is like your favorite film then out of the ones that you have seen? Uh, Freddy versus Jason. Cause it's so silly. Oh, um, yeah, <laughs> she's okay. Work. She's fun. I can't wait to talk about her. Which we will. We're gonna have a bonus episode, everybody. Yeah, surprise. Um, <laughs> On the Patreon. At this point, so. it's already out. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'd say like out of the first, like out of the original three that I've seen, I'd say three is probably my favorite. Very good choice. Very good choice. I also really enjoyed the third film. I think. It's highly regarded, I would say, amongst, like, you know, horror fans because it's, I don't know. I like the whole, like, dream warrior aspect. We kind of get a little bit of that in this film, too. He definitely, it feels like a natural expansion on the story that we got in the first one. So, it's great. I love it. It feels like a sequel to the first one. And, yeah, I think it's my favorite, too. Mood. Look at us linking up. It doesn't happen (laughs) often. We don't agree on a lot of things. Right. But it's also, like, such a huge franchise. Like, it is so popular. Like, Freddy Krueger is, like, a mainstream pop culture icon. Like, the fact that, again, like, mainstream audiences know who Freddy Krueger is. Right. It's always iconic. I love when horror hits the mainstream. And he's a legend. And Robert England, of course, is a legend in of himself for being able to bring him to life. And I just think there's, like, a lot of... I don't know. The energy surrounding the Nightmare franchise always feels kind of, not always probably, but kind of sort of positive. Obviously, I think most people just kind of can agree that they're kind of silly movies. You know what I'm saying? All the way back to the first one. I don't think anybody really like argues with the quality of these movies. And then we all kind of take them for what they are. And they're amazing movies still, like very fun, but they're all very relentlessly silly. Yeah. There's like quite a few times in the, the the original movie where I kind of sat back and I was like, "This is so silly, <laughs> so silly, girl." Like the, the scene, dialogue. I mean, we'll get into it, but there's a scene where he's like walking down, like a hallway, I guess, and he has like super long fucking arms. Oh, like the alleyway. Yeah, the alley. <laughs> and I was like, um, "This is wild." It's very silly. Um, but you know what? I love everything about it. We'll definitely get into it. Um, but yeah, let's, should we just go ahead and jump into it then? I guess take a quick break and come back and just jump into the movie. For sure. Alrighty. Well, we'll be right back. 
Hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Welcome back. This week, we're discussing A Nightmare on Elm Street. Originally released on November 9th of 1984, the film was made on an estimated budget of $1.1 million. Would go on to see an opening weekend of $1.2 million before going on to make a worldwide gross about of about $57 million. The film has a runtime of 91 minutes and was written and directed by Wes Craven. We have a now iconic cast, including Heather Langenkamp as Nancy, John Saxon as Lieutenant Don Thompson, Ronnie Blakely as Marge Thompson, Johnny Depp's debut in film as Glenn Lance, and finally Robert England as Freddy Krueger. So yeah, let's get into it. Uh, yes, let's get into it. So when Nancy Thompson and her group of friends start to have vivid nightmares about a badly burned man, they realize something is wrong. When this man starts to kill them in their dreams, they also begin to die in the real world. It's up to Nancy and her friends to figure out the dark truth behind the man that haunts their dreams, Freddy Krueger. So, iconic film, first and foremost. Uh, no denying just what this film has brought to the table, what it has done for horror. She is has been named many times one of the most popular best made it's just it's an iconic horror film everybody can you know admit that right um so i think everybody kind of has like a recollection of maybe their first time watching this movie or even like some memories that they have of as they were younger do you have anything at all of this movie when you were like younger from your childhood anything no girl it's girl. the trauma for me so you don't recall like the first time you ever watched it nope but you've always just kind of known about it right oh yeah girl <laughs> like the death scenes like you just know everything that's going on right yeah like i can like you were saying earlier i can place like certain scenes from the movies but ask me what movie they're from had empty no thoughts like i know they're Even from the, the franchise oh yeah uh oh wow yeah i love that but i mean i, I mean again shout out to just like the insanity of this franchise because the fact that we're able to remember certain aspects and certain you know different things that have happened throughout it even if we can't always directly link it to which film exactly um it's just like so, like there's a specific death scene a girl i think her arms turn to like fucking she turns into like a bug yeah pretty like corrects <laughs> her arms like what is happening and the kid that also like goes into the video game and freddie is like beating him up in the video game and killing him that way right like they're just crazy things there's freddie riding around on a broom like he's the wicked witch of the what is it the west yeah <laughs> It's just, this franchise has been serving the silly in the camp since the beginning. Because even with this movie, like we said a little bit earlier, she's a little silly at times. I think a lot of it definitely comes, I guess, of its time. Uh, some of the dialogue made me laugh my ass off. A lot of it comes from the mom. Some of the shit that she says is like very, as a matter of fact, just with how she's like delivering it. Like she feels like she's acting in a soap opera and everybody else is like in a, you know, an indie horror film. And she's just like... <laughs> She's on another level, and it's kind of funny at times. Yeah. She gives me very, like, the aunt from Sleepaway Camp vibes. <laughs> she's in her own fucking world, yeah, girl. She's, she's in a different movie. <laughs> she's literally on a Days of, uh, what is it? The Days of days Our of Lives. Days of Our Lives. 
and she's just going ham, bitch. I was expecting her when she slapped Nancy. She's on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Very that. And when she slapped Nancy, I was like, oh yeah, this feels right. She was like waiting to bitch slap somebody this whole movie because mm-hmm. she's just like serving something else, girl. I don't know what. I fully I mean, expected she's... her to slap Freddie at some point. <laughs> bitch. But she's also, of course, uh, as we can see, uh, an alcoholic in the movie as well. Yeah. Um, she is carrying around the same alcohol bottle. It is always chilled on ice. It's always like frosty. And I'm like, that bitch is not. It's like 1230 at night and it's chilled. I'm like, no, girl, it is not. She pulls it out of like a bed of towels and it's chilled. She has hidden mini fridges all <laughs> over the house. Their <laughs> coffee table is a mini fridge. Girl. Oh my god, that reminds me of fucking the Poughkeepsie tapes. Remember how that bitch was a coffee table in that movie? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That movie's a ride. That movie? I, I feel like I need to rewatch it because like, I feel like I was kind of negative when we watched it on the the lives back when we used to do that. But everybody's like, it's so scary. And I'm like, maybe I need to rewatch it in a different mindset because maybe I was focusing too hard on like the live. I don't know. I think it's scary in its own way. For sure. Just like mm. these movies, girl. <laughs> and just like Freddy Krueger. Okay, so anyways, I do love that the story also was inspired by something that Wes Craven had uh, like read in a newspaper. He read a story about a young boy who was having nightmares and eventually ended up dying in his sleep. And like looking into the story, like the man was, or the young boy was like talking about how you know, he was having nightmares that somebody was trying to come and get him. And then he ended up dying in his sleep. Uh, so I don't know. The thought of dying in my sleep kind of terrifies me. Yeah. You know what? No. Like, that's the <laughs> way to fucking go. If I don't know that I'm dead, fuck it. I can continue on in the ghost world. I'll be one of those ghosts that are like literally like doing dishes because I think that I'm still <laughs> alive. <laughs> Beetlejuice vibes. Yeah, you're all you're gonna hear is me like making fucking popcorn at three a.m. You're like, bitch. <laughs> That's my kind of ghost. It, if you're gonna haunt anybody, haunt me. Yeah, I will. You'll just smell burnt <laughs> popcorn in the middle of the night. You're like that, bitch. Ah, uh, star me. You hear somebody knocking on the front door, and it's a door dasher. <laughs> like, did you not order this? I was like, <gasps> you're like, bitch. No. It's it's Pad CU from King Cow. Oh my god, bitch, can we please make a short on TikTok that's like this? Like, my ghost is like a fucking... <laughs> She's a hungry bitch. And just have, like, creepy things happen, but it's like a DoorDasher coming to your door with a fucking large pizza. Yeah, but then <laughs> you get so mad at your ghost because you're like, bitch, you can't eat this and you're not paying for it. Like, stop. But then I'm eating it. <laughs> but you have to pay for it. It's like something scary. Like I come home with groceries and then I walk in and then there's already like a fucking plate <laughs> There's of a chicken. pizza wide open. <laughs> for, for, for fucking, there's already takeout on the fucking counter. All placed out, everything. I'm like, ah, gasp. But then I still eat it. <laughs> like, let me put away my Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of ghost energy I need in my life for sure. For real. I would just hide your car keys anytime you tried to leave me. <laughs> Bitch. Um, okay, listen, though. <laughs> I do want to I want to put a pin real fast and say this is the first Wes Craven film that we are talking about on the podcast. So I'm like really like, <gasps> like very excited. I love Wes Craven. 
one of my favorite horror directors, truly of all time. I love and respect him so much. So I was like really excited. Also kind of nervous to talk about one of his films. But I feel like it feels right talking about A Nightmare on Elm Street first. Just because I think it's the first Wes Craven film that I saw, to be quite honest. Really? Mm-hmm. And I have really early memories of like my family scaring me with Freddy Krueger and like threatening me to go to sleep and get killed by Freddy Krueger. Like, I can't maybe remember the first moment I sat down and watched the movie, but these images have been, like, fucking burned into my brain for, like, as long as I can remember. I think I saw Last House on the Left first. I have never seen that movie. I don't think I ever will watch that movie, but Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, I don't know. Maybe one day I'll sit down and watch it, but I just haven't had the the guts to do it. Yeah, it's it's pretty gnarly. (laughs) Why are you laughing? (laughs) That's just the best way to describe it. <laughs> it is. Trauma, girl. Again. Ugh, I can't. It's really hard to watch the original Hills Have Eyes, which is also iconic. Love it. Um, but yeah, one of my favorite horror directors. Just the way that he like cranks these two franchises out, like cranks out Last House on the Left, <laughs> gives us Freddy Krueger, and then we get Scream, and they're all from the same brain. I know. It's legend shit, man. And right before this movie, too, he was, like, kind of struggling financially after kind of getting some minor acclaim with, like, Last House on the Left and Mm -hmm. with The Hills Have Eyes, especially, obviously, in, like, the horror sphere, Um, especially because I'm pretty sure The Hills Have Eyes Eyes got, like, really good reviews when it first came out. So even after that, like, minor acclaim and success, he was kind of struggling financially. Apparently, he was, like, on some hardcore drugs right before this movie, and this movie kind of helped. I guess kind of get him back on pace with things. Um, so we'd love to see it. I love this movie so much. It really gave New Line Cinema, the studio that released it, some fucking, like some, a breath of fresh air, girl. I kept her going for a little bit. Girl. Um, <laughs> so. It literally you know, revived them. They were dead. They were falling off. They were bankrupt. And now the house that Freddie built. <laughs> honestly, that's really what it is. So uh, this movie comes along and she just knocks it out of the park, girl. And we love it, bitch. It is, again, like such a fucking staples of 80s horror, girl. The music, the sound design, the acting. It just all feels so of its fucking time. It speaks to my soul. The silliness, the campiness. I just love it. Like, this is what I think of when I think of a slasher movie. The colors are so bright. It's just a lot of fun. While also being, like, really creepy. Yeah. The... The sound effects, the little do do do, whenever oh, something like, <laughs> yeah, everywhere. When something happens, I'm like, oh my god, here we go. The breathing, you hear like Robert England, mm-hmm. like heavy breathing, like in your ear constantly. Girl, I forgot he had like some type, <laughs> some type of like filter over his voice. The first time he talked, I was like, who, who's that? <laughs> who is this man? Literally, I was like, uh, daddy. <laughs> It's not as bad as the weird filter effect they use in the remake, but we'll get to that a little bit. Girl. Um, But yes, I just love how, again, how 80s it feels. Like it just, it warms my heart. I love it so much. I also love that we get to know our first victim a little bit before she does die. Because the movie opens up with Tina, one of her nightmares. Um, I love the nightmare scenes in this movie as well. They're like very... It feels like the same set used in, like, you know, 
the same shots. Like, I don't know. Um, they're very cute, though. I love them. So we open up with one of them. She's running around. Freddie's teasing her. And it's great. Again, I like that they build up our first victim a little bit. Even if it's not, like, a crazy amount of buildup that they give her. We really don't know much about her by the time she dies. But I kind of like that we don't have an opening kill here, per se. Right. But while we're here, let's just let's just talk about some of these characters. Let's kind of go through them. Let's kind of give our idea, or let's kind of give our thoughts on them. And I want to start, of course, with our final girl, Nancy. So how do we feel about Nancy as a whole? How do we feel as Nancy as a final girl? Um, I feel like she... I enjoy her as a person. She's not... Um... She doesn't give me, like, annoying energy at all. Like, sometimes the final girl will give this, like, annoying, overly independent, like, I have to prove something energy from the very beginning. <laughs> and I feel like she didn't really have that. Like, I hate that she calls her dad daddy. I don't... <laughs> but I think that's just because <laughs> that world is... That word is, like, sexualized nowadays. And <laughs> I don't like that. Um, but she's doing her best. Her parents are separated. Her dad's a cop. So like, that's a struggle in and of its own. Um, her mom's an alcoholic and she's getting attacked by a child murderer in her dreams. That part. And also just Johnny Depp exists around her. Oh, she's so lucky. A lucky girl. I know. A very lucky girl. Cause he is a snack and a half in this movie. Um, yeah, I also really enjoy Nancy. I love her as a final girl. Um, like you said, she isn't annoying, which is fantastic. I pretty much agree with everything that she says. Nothing she says really kind of makes me be like, girl, what are you thinking? Or mm -hmm. girl, get it together. Like I'd never have that vibe with her. I'm always like, okay, yeah, I can see why you're saying this. Or yeah, I would have the same reaction. Even when she's kind of like snotty with her mom there for a little bit. And she gives like, you know, I'm a teenager rebelling energy. It still like makes sense to me because her mom is like not telling her what the fuck is happening. She does yeah. not. She's not explaining who Freddy Krueger is, even though she knows who he is. Girl, so, the like, way I my mother. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say the way my mother would catch these fucking hands if I found out that she knew this whole time that I wasn't fucking crazy. Like, I, there's a reason I'm seeing and dreaming about. You know, I'm seeing and visualizing this man in my dreams, and you know who this man is, and you're not telling me. Like, baby. No, ma'am. So I understood her reaction there with her mom and just kind of being feisty. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoy her as a whole. I love her whole. I'm into survival line and booby trapping her house. Uh, I watched the movie, of course, with Stormy recently, and I also watched it with my partner. And even at that moment, too, when she's like, I'm into survival and started like doing all the booby traps and stuff. He's like, oh, OK, girl, because it's just like, I don't know. You don't see a final girl always be like mentally prepared to fight sometimes they kind of just fall into it yeah but she was like i'm ready to fucking fight this crazy ass sleep demon girl the way that i couldn't do this on the most rested most like mentally sound day of my life <laughs> and she just booby traps while she hasn't slept in weeks correctly and is <laughs> paranoid yeah no first of all where'd she find all that ammo to fucking make that light bulb and like i wouldn't have thought of I wouldn't have thought of any of that, girl. And knowing my luck, I would be, like, lifting up that fucking sledgehammer above my door. To, and I would, like, fucking sneeze or it would slip and I would <laughs> smack myself with it. I'm not smart enough to be a final girl. And I've accepted that. 
I kind of feel the same way, especially after like revisiting this movie and just seeing how like prepared she was. Like, I love it. Like, she is the blueprint. I feel like almost just in terms of like being a survivor girl who really is like ready to kick some ass. You know what I'm saying? And we've seen it maybe after this movie a little bit more frequently, where the final girl wasn't more of like you know again falling into that position, like she was accepting her role as a final girl kind of thing and. I loved it. It's very bad bitch energy to me. And her pink sweater is really cute in that school scene. I love it. I would wear it right now. I wish they would do something with her hair. Oh, wow. Her hair is so gorgeous. Every time she runs, it just like bounces behind her. And I'm like, I want my hair to flounce like that. Oh, yeah. It's got body, but it's very frizzy. (laughs) Also one style the entire time. Yeah. That's kind of like 80s aesthetic. It's like what we consider frizzy is the goal for them. So. The only, I mean, I will only excuse, you know, the same hair the entire time. One, because, you know, friends are being murdered around you. Your hair is probably the last thing on your mind. And two, you're not sleeping at all. Girl, so, the way I would have been the first death, I love sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I would lose in a Freddy Krueger movie. I would be dead for sure. Yeah. I'd be like, we have to stay awake. And I'd be like, <laughs> already sleeping. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I got to go then. Sorry. Be like shaking you and be like, we're, we're having a friend meeting right now and trying to figure <laughs> out how to fight Credit Kruger. And both of us are just all, hmm. I can see it though, literally. Stormy falls asleep so fast. So literally, <laughs> we'd probably be like, Freddy, he's going to come and get us in our dreams. And she would already be asleep. <laughs> I'd be like, who? <laughs> we would just be sitting on the couch and you start getting lifted up and fucking <laughs> swung around the room. Imagine my big ass just <laughs> spinning just in against the walls. Stormy, I'd be yelling, girl. No, you wouldn't. You'd still be asleep. <laughs> I would also just probably fall asleep. I mean, that looks like fun. Knocks out. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'd be. You would wake up and like see that happening, and you'd be like, "Hmm," and just roll over and go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I told her not to go to sleep, but while Freddie's busy, let me get some sleep. <laughs> He's busy. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <Looking> pass out. <laughs> I can get a quick cat nap in real fast while he's murdering Stormy. <laughs> that would be you. You and your fucking cat naps. <laughs> I really would, girl. You know, keep him busy, Storm. I would set a, uh, I would set a timer. Beep. But yeah, I love Nancy in this movie. Uh, how do we feel about... I mean, everybody else in this movie. I think everybody else is pretty fine. Um, Johnny Depp, I think, does really well obviously i mean it was his breakout role i mean him being you know a very gorgeous face doesn't hurt and he did really well with everything that he was given um i think amanda wise does really well as tina um because i think tina has a lot again she brings a lot of emotion to her short amount of time in the movie and it makes you kind of you know care about her a little bit before she does get swung around her room do we i find tina annoying do you what about her is annoying her face no uh (laughs) I, I think we, I think Amanda Wise is problematic. Let me Google. I just don't enjoy her energy. And then later on, whenever we see her in the uh, body bag, asking uh-huh. Nancy if she wants to play, no. Mm-mm. So spooky though. Oh yeah, scary. But like, stay dead, honey. Okay, I'm trying to figure out. I I feel like she's problematic. I think so too. Am I wrong? I'm trying to. To Google it. Maybe I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe she just gives me problematic vibes. I have no idea. Um, somebody on Twitter, please reach out to me and say if she has done anything that was questionable. Because I feel like I heard that she was questionable at some point. Probably. 
But maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Maybe I'm thinking of another white woman. I have no idea. <laughs> I know there's a white woman in horror who's like, you know, older, blonde. And like, she was in an 80s horror movie. Like, I know there's one of them out there that is problematic. I don't know if it's Amanda Wise. If it's not you, Amanda Wise, we apologize. Please don't sue us. Hey, I, get, I say, hey, I like Tina. Okay. I, I, I still I don't fucking like you, but... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mind her in this uh, in this movie at all. I think she's fine. I will always excuse everybody in these nightmare movies for like wandering around when something's happening, because like if you're in a dream, you're probably wandering around. We've all been there. I know I can't control my feet that well in my dreams, and I'm just kind of wandering around always. So I excuse it, but like, girl, the entire time I'm like, why are we like walking towards every sound that's happening? <laughs> she's getting pebbles thrown in her window. She's like, let me go outside. I'm like, let's, no. I would be a brick in my bed. I would not move. If I woke up and things were flying around me, I would just, my eyes would be closed. Freddie would have to come and just kill me because I wouldn't be moving. I'm not playing these games. Girl, exactly my vibe. I'm not the type to go investigate, like, a sound. I don't work for Mystery Incorporated. (laughs) 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 It's just not going to be me. Bitch, honestly, though. Um, But yeah, all the other characters are, you know, they're perfectly fine. John Saxton is, you know, a douchey cop, and he does the job fantastically. Uh, Ronnie Blakely, correct, is the mother. Um, I read an article where she was talking about, like, how with the movie, like, her name and John Saxton's name were, like, they were the selling point of the movie, and they cast a whole bunch of unknowns. I was like, work, girl. Um, but again, she's in another movie the entire time. I think they do fine. Um, and of course, uh, Jesu, I believe Garcia, correct? Like Jesu Garcia plays Rod. Um, you know, he's perfectly fine. Apparently he was high on cocaine in the little scene with him and Nancy. Oh, (laughs) there's nothing wrong with a little booger sugar. I personally wouldn't, but you know, whatever gets you into the mood for your method acting, go ahead. (laughs) I would never, but go off, I guess. Um, uh, anyway, so we meet all the characters. Everybody's been in at Tina's. This is her death scene. Let's talk about it. So, first off, her and Rod have very loud sex. And I was like, she is, like, getting stabbed with his penis. She is screaming so loud. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, girl, it, it hurts, apparently. It made me sad for her, like, later. Because I was like, wow, you had really shitty sex before you died. Like, who knew, who knows if you actually had, like, good sex at any point? I feel, yeah, I also feel bad. I mean, afterwards, she's like, you know, I knew there was a reason I liked you or something like that. But maybe, again, she's just nice, you know. I probably would have been like, I gotta go. I gotta go. I'm leaving, maybe? No, they're staying to be good friends. But, again, she's wailing. She's yelling. It's um, a lot. We also, right before she dies, though, get the iconic moment where Freddy's, like, coming through the wall over Nancy sleeping. It's done practically. It looks spooky. Love it. Yeah. That is one of the scarier parts to me. Yeah. That's how I think... Things are happening to me every like that's what I see. <laughs> that's when what I close you my eyes. imagine, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's very spooky. That's what I imagine is happening above my bed at three a.m. in the morning. Legitimately, that's that's what I think. Um, so you know, shout out to us, Craven. 
Uh, but how do we feel about Tina's death scene? Of course, this is the first out of two uses of the rotating room that they built for this movie. Um, so how do we feel about it? Girl, the way she gets whipped around this room. Tossed around, girl. Like I a like, ragdoll. Okay. He is, Freddy's angry. He is just tossing this bitch around. And I was like, okay, well, giving me Scary Movie 2 vibes for sure. Just tossing this bitch <laughs> around. Very that. Very that. Um, I enjoyed it. Right. Iconic. Watching the horror on her boyfriend's face as she gets whipped around and sliced and diced is nice. Well, he's in tidy whities Right. Which is nice. That's so. always nice to have in the back. <laughs> yeah. She's getting whipped around and getting, you know, her chest is sliced open. It's, there's a lot of blood. It's just visually striking. And I mean, practically done and done well. I love it. And she really is a moment. And it's a building block for the trope where the sexually active or the first to die. Uh, yes. She literally had sex and then died. So, again, she's a I grasshopper <laughs> at this point. It's fucking, or is it a praying mantis? Where they have, <laughs> I think it's the praying mantis. They have sex and then the woman rips Oh, they killed the, her partner. Yeah. Wouldn't that be make him a praying mantis? Yeah. They're both, they would <laughs> technically both be praying mantis. Mantises? Manti? Man- mm-hmm. Manti? <laughs> that sounds right. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Quick little but- gender bend. <laughs> oh, girl. But yeah, a lot of blood. I love it. It's iconic. And then Nancy and Glenn run into the room. And the trauma that probably... That she's going to have to live with poor Nancy for the rest of her life, walking and seeing her best friend literally butchered on the floor. Girl, the way I wouldn't sleep after that anyways, even if Freddy Krueger wasn't after me. Girl, the next day she goes to school. I was like, the fact that she was able to get out of bed the next day. She said compartmentalize all of this, girl. (laughs) Lock it away. The fact that she got out of bed the next day shows that she's better and stronger than I could ever be. Because if I saw my best friend butchered on the floor like that. I would be in bed, but I would be sleeping. I'd be reliving it over and over. Yeah, I would be awake for sure. But like I would, I just wouldn't leave my room. But she's like, I got to go to school. I was like, work, girl. Go off. And even her mom's like, you can't. What are you doing? You have to stay in. Again, acting for somebody else. And then Nancy, like, randomly grabs her coffee cup and is, like, trying to drink coffee. Again, very very silly, but I loved it either Stop way. drinking that coffee. <laughs> Bitch, the amount of coffee that she goes through in this movie, the amount of fire hazards that are happening in this movie. Yeah. So many fire hazards. Later, she at one point, she fucking, her mom is like, just go to sleep, just rest, it'll be okay. And she's like, as she's talking, she's like gathering coffee cups up and she takes the coffee pot like out and fucking Nancy gets up. Once her mom leaves, she gets up and pulls a second coffee pot out from (laughs) under her bed. (laughs) It was plugged in and brewing under the bed. Yeah. That is a fire hazard. And these big, huge boxes that they call TVs are just on, you know, heavy fucking comforters and chairs. And like, like this feels like a fire hazard to me. Johnny Depp falls asleep with one on him. I'm like, like literally on his dick. Mm. But like, <laughs> I'm like fire hazards. What is happening? We're aware of fire safety. We took the class. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, so much fucking coffee. And don't forget her ridiculous pills. Her stay awake, stay awake fast pills. acting pills. That's like the 80s version of the uh, five hour energy. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what it is probably. Yeah. Honestly, Girl. probably back in the 80s, it was probably just like cocaine. It makes sense. It fits the aesthetic of the 80s for sure. <laughs> FDA approved. <laughs> they put the coke back in cocaine. I mean, the cake. Also, cocaine <laughs> back into coke. <laughs> Bitch. Also, in the scene where Tina, first off, Freddie is such a creep. Uh, like just him rolling around in the bed with her a little mm-hmm. bit there before he kills her. Such a creep. But when she rips his face off and it falls off like pepperoni on a pizza. Disgusting. Iconic to me. So ridiculous. I loved it. Also, her mom, because they were in her mom's bed, fucking, which I don't think I would ever do. Not to shame anybody who has ever fucked in their parents' bed, go off. But when she's getting whipped around, her mom has like these random peacock things behind the bed that just like don't make any sense whatsoever. We're not here to judge their bedroom decor, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, when she's walking to school and her dad uses her as bait to fucking catch Rod. Yeah. A slime ball. Also, Rod's not wearing any shoes. Or a shirt. <laughs> well, I feel like that's more common for dudes. It's so funny because it's literally no shirt, no shoes, no service. <laughs> He's a vigilante because he has no shirt and no shoes. He got served with a warrant. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the way he fucking hauls ass barefoot away from everybody. And there's cops pulling in from every direction. And she's like, you used me as bait. Daddy, how could you? <laughs> He's like, why are you going to school anyways? And she's like, ah, and like walks away and goes to school. I'm like, okay. What if she looked him in the eyes and was like, a cap fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I would have been rooting for her even harder. I'm like, yes, Miss Girl, tell him. Anyways, we get to the school and we have our first dream sequence with Nancy, which is where we do have the Tina in a body bag moment, which is iconic. So spooky. When rewatching this, when it like randomly just cut and it just cut to her in the body bag, I screamed. So I loved it. Iconic scene. Shout out to Lynn Shay as a teacher in the scene. Our queen. Girl, the way that I was like, my queen, my love of my life. A legend. Well, the producer is her brother. So like makes sense oh, but she had an in of course but love to see her either way mm-hmm. either way who cares i was so excited to see her but yeah also an iconic scene i love the hall monitor who is freddy krueger with the glove so silly yeah but i loved it it really does feel like dreams that i would have in high school yeah it feels like a high budget goosebumps episode yeah i could see that it definitely does. It feels like an R-rated Goosebumps. I live. Like, if we would have had, like, the whole, I'm in my underwear in front of the whole class for some reason, if we would have had one of those slipped in, would have been nice. <laughs> would it have? Uh, yeah. Like a traditional dream? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A traditional nightmare? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where you're not just dreaming about your friend being dragged around in a body bag? <laughs> right. We could have added, like, a little bit more fun to it. God, Freddy. Bitch, you got to go to fucking Nightmare on Elm Street 2 to 6 for that. <laughs> yeah, no shit. They made up for it as the franchise continues. They really did. But yeah, we kept this like the spooky visuals here, which I can appreciate. Nancy ends up in the boiler room. She burns herself to wake up after Freddy's a freaky, creepy pervert with her. 
Um, and then she realizes that she's burnt herself in the dream and she burnt herself in real life. So we kind of see the development of, I don't know, her dream power as the third movie comes to kind of tell us about is being able to bring things from the dream world to the real world. But Freddy also is like kind of like breaking the rules all the time, I kind of feel like, because things are happening in the real world anyways. So it feels like he's coming in and out of the dream world as he pleases, which is kind of like... I mean, he's the villain. He does whatever he wants. <laughs> There's no rules. Anarchy. It's true. Especially like as we, as we get to the end, it's just like, he really is just doing whatever he wants. He's all powerful. He is a god, as he likes to say. So it's just like... Can he ever be defeated, really? They let us think that a lot throughout the series, but no. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, of course, had the jail scene where, you know, the actor who played Rod was apparently high on cocaine. I never want that to be what you just remember, but that's just what I remember about that scene. But we also learned there that he's also been dreaming about Freddy Krueger, so Nancy, like, runs off, and she's like, okay, I'm gonna let you die now, and runs away. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we move on. She said, anyways. She said, anyways, have fun dying in this jail cell. <laughs> like, left him. As a true cop's daughter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I mean, serve the tea, nice and hot. Uh, anyways, next up, we have the uh, the bathtub scene, which is iconic. The fact that the, the amount of times that this has been referenced in so many different things recently in Meg Thee Stallion's music video. So, like, bitch, this is iconic. I love the glove coming out of the water. It's also very sexual and gross, and it makes Freddy seem like a creep. And I love it. Yeah, girl. This is probably one of the first things that comes to my brain whenever I think about Freddy Krueger. Hmm. Fair, very fair. It's a very uh, classic horror staple at this point in terms of history. I don't know what I'm saying, but it's just amazing. Girl, whenever I was researching this, they said that Lingen Camp spent 12 hours total filming this scene. Girl, her skin was pruned out. Yeah, between her and the uh, stunt double. Acting would be too much for me. I couldn't do it. It better be hot as fuck in this house. If y'all are going to have me in this body of water that long. Unless it's warm water and it's like super cold. Either way, it needs to help me stay warm or cold. Whatever the situation is. <laughs> but iconic scene either way. I love also when she gets pulled into the bathtub and it's like just a fucking block above her. Or the little square to the surface. It gives me a lot of claustrophobia. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Drowning is probably like one of my biggest fears. So it it's a trigger. I am uncomfortable. Yeah. I also love how the entire time when she's getting dragged down, you just hear Freddy like laughing in the background. Yeah. He's a sassy queen. A sassy queen. Laughing at everything he does. He, yeah, he giggles a lot during these movies. He does. I mean, obviously, he's a little bit more tame in this one than he is compared to everything else. His rest is just full charisma and craziness. But this one, he's a little bit creepy. But he has his moments um being kind of like silly in this movie even yeah there's one specific moment later on when he's chasing nancy through uh one of her nightmares right before rod dies which is kind of where we are anyways but nancy of course has glenn come over and like she kind of like he thinks he's gonna get his dick sucked it's not gonna happen because <laughs> he comes in like sits on her bed immediately lays back and she's like bitch she's like we have shit to do very that ridiculous but when she goes in this little dream sequence and she's like you wait here wake me up he of course falls asleep but when she's getting chased by freddie in this moment 
he's like <laughs> she's running up the stairs when it turns into like mush or whatever Ooh, I don't and like freddy's like uh, so icky but then freddy's behind her and he's like has tina's face on him at the window and he's like please help me help me and he like rips it off very silly to me dude that pancake or not the pancake the stairs the, the sinking yeah that reminded me of the uh the haunted maze that we went to this past fall oh my gosh in the corn maze yeah where you stepped into that one puddle and it was awful to get out of yeah the worst very that <laughs> very that right before i got very sick right before i had to hurry out of the maze because my daughter shit herself oh my gosh <laughs> we, the way we were like running through that maze like so fast after we heard that we're like oh we gotta get going the girl. baby needs us <laughs> i was like full panic mode at that point girl the way that you got that text and i was like don't worry i have wipes in my backpack and everybody's like why do you have wipes in your backpack because i'm a mom <laughs> what do you think freddie keeps on him at all times what do you mean like he has the glove but do you think so the glove that had the sweater do you think he like keeps any other like lucky charms with him um the teeth of his victims in his pocket or something <laughs> something creepy the way i could see him like holding something under his hat is the only reason i asked like i would probably be like his house or something under his hat his house <laughs> i have no idea his hat <laughs> is his house in the dream world Ooh, he takes it out and just steps into it <laughs> like mary poppins bag bitch yes or like uh like halloween town like where she just pulls everything out of her bag i want him to pull everything out of his hat imagine <laughs> <laughs> he takes off his hat and just starts pulling out like different weapons. <laughs> that little fedora. He just starts pulling out the heads of his victims. Oh my God. Imagine he, <laughs> okay. So he's chasing, right? And then they get to a dead end and he takes off his hat and he says, Milady. <laughs> <laughs> that little fedora. He just breaks into song. He starts tap starts dancing. singing in the ring. <laughs> yes. He's like snapping with the fucking glove yes bitch frank sinatra comes out and starts singing <laughs> he slits frank sinatra's throat he's like this is my moment <laughs> bitch if they were gonna be campy as fucking those other movies they should have gave us some of that yeah i live after rod is hung in his jail cell nancy's mom is like we are taking this woman to a fucking we're taking my daughter to a sleep disorder doctor the way that they just like have tape on her forehead with like random little things is so funny girl the nurse's fucking name tag says university school of medicine <laughs> they didn't even give her a name <laughs> or the it didn't give them a school name either university school of medicine <laughs> they just slapped that on her um, and then this is when, uh, Nancy brings out Freddie's hat and she's like, Oh, I can bring everything I want out of this fucking dream world. The way I would immediately dream up, like, I don't know who's somebody fucking hot and sexy. <laughs> <laughs> you said, oh, hold on. I would have manipulated this into something sexy instead of useful. <laughs> bitch, honest. I would have literally, who, bitch, I'm bringing Chris Evans out. I'm bringing every one of those Marvel Avengers, maybe out of my dreams and into reality. <laughs> you just bring Dwayne the Rock Johnson to fight oh, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> that's the rock. Honestly, that's what I would be doing. I would be dreaming of fucking the Fast and the Furious crew show up and they fight Freddy. 
Vin Diesel just runs him over with a car. You can do Freddy versus anybody. It's a dream world. <laughs> Freddy versus Jurassic World. Oh my god. The way I would have a T-Rex on his ass so fast. The way he's riding a raptor. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Freddy versus the Powerpuff Girls. Bring it on. Nah, that would like feed too much on like the child predator for me. Let's not. Oh. Let's not <laughs> go with that one. Now, in the original film and the movies after this, though, like it's never outwardly stated that he is a pedophile. Like he's so he's always said to be a child murderer. Like Wes Craven deliberately tried to. I mean, obviously, I, I'm pretty sure that's what they were gonna roll with before they decided let's like not roll with it. So the energy's still there. It's very much what his character feels like and pretty much portrays. But again, they call him a child murderer in these movies. Wes said maybe not. Either way, him running, like rolling around in the bed with Nancy in that one sequence, I was like, what a pervert. Yeah. The way he's only picking on teenagers is the problem for me. Because I can guarantee you my grandma, she's dead. Um, (laughs) I guarantee like an adult would sleep way more than these teenagers. So, like, easier prey. Nancy's up for seven days at one point, though, which is crazy. I think it only takes, like, three days for you to go a little crazy. Wild, right? That's what yeah. I thought. She's like, seven days? I was like, you're alive still after no- seven days of no sleep? You're all wet in the Samara? Girl. And she's like, I checked Guinness, and the record is 11 days. I was like, that person's probably crazy right now. Right. Who can stay awake, like you said, for more than a couple of days without going crazy? I'm up for 24 hours and I feel like I'm ready to fucking, I don't know, girl, run out into the ocean. Girl, the most I've made it is like 36 hours and I felt fucking insane. Really? Yeah. I don't think I've ever been awake for maybe 24 hours is as much as I've ever done. And that was when I was, I don't know, like in high school when I would stay up late and just like go rock the 24 hours. Yeah. But... Girl, I don't think I could ever go more than that. Yeah. It's a craft. Again, I would lose in a Freddy Krueger movie. I will be the first victim. I sleep. Not a lot, but a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm falling asleep at the most random time. For <laughs> a couple hours here, a couple hours there. I'm napping all the time. That's half of mine and Adrian's, like, exchanges to one another. Is both of us apologizing for falling asleep at different times. Yeah, girl. It just happens. Like, I just pass out. Same. I know how that is. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about Glenn's death scene, which is also so iconic. First off, the crop top is Hot. Bring him back, please. So hot. Like, so fucking sexy. And everyone that's listening right now, go fucking make, buy, thrift a crop top. And send me a picture. <laughs> I love people in crop tops. Send us your crop top pics right now. So hot. Uh, go to our Twitter right fucking now. And tag us. Uh, tag us and send us your crop top pictures. We are celebrating our bodies this summer. <laughs> um, you probably won't catch me in a crop top, though. Bitch. But for those of you, uh, honestly, confidence is key, baby. So send us those crop top pics and let's celebrate ourselves. <laughs> In honor of A Nightmare on Elm Street. 
but yes, iconic, iconic scene. The blood squirting out of the bed is crazy and hot. I love it. Girl, so the way that uh, I didn't realize that they pretty much like precursor to his death is, you know, that big ass fucking TV before we find out that he's asleep. I mean, he is snoozing, but like the TV is signing off and the broadcaster is like, it's midnight and you're listening to station KRGR, which is just Kruger without the <sighs> syllables or without the vowels. That is so funny. Yeah. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I never caught that. Yeah, girl. I was like, they're about to kill my boy. Uh, it was, I mean, if you're going to go out, go out in an iconic way. Honestly, amazing. Girl, the blood. It's so much blood. It's a geyser of blood. A geyser. Yeah, literally that. Just shooting out. And like. The way he sinks into his bed in the first place, do you think he would have sank as fast without that fucking TV on his crotch? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I have no idea. Also, a little bit later, we see like them bringing a body bag, right? So was his body just like shoved in the bed and there's just blood everywhere? Well, you hear somebody in the background like, you don't need a, uh, you're not going to need a stretcher. You're going to need a mop. Mop. Hmm. Did we not see a body bag? Maybe I'm just crazy. I don't think so. Hmm. Okay, maybe I'm crazy, but because I was like, Wait, "Where's his body?" It's in a wet vac, girl. Iconic in Mortal Kombat X, I believe. No, 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 Mortal Kombat Nine. Freddy Krueger is a DLC character, and his fatality is bringing people down into a hole and shooting up blood like this. Mm-hmm. So she's iconic. Nice. Finish him. <laughs> but also it we completely sidelined the fact that nancy's mom has put bars on all the windows and has her locked inside her own house like a prisoner, She's a prisoner yeah. <laughs> which is iconic given the fact that her dad's a cop just saying <laughs> and her mom also of course confesses that she and many other parents know of fred krueger he was a filthy child murderer and they decided to take it into their own hands because he was able to go off free and they burned him alive. And she even has his fucking finger gloves shoved inside the house. I'm like, Mom, no wonder I'm having nightmares. You literally have a, a body. A, you have his essence in this home right now. Right. If horror movies have taught me anything, you don't keep anything from, like, something traumatic. Uh, yeah. Or just anything that has, like, bad energy. Or if it, if it belongs to a serial killer, I'm just going to not put it in my home. That's half of, like, horror movies. It's like, we have to find the bones and return them to the rightful place. <laughs> and so it makes sense that mommy having the glove is attracting this energy. Right. Like, mom, no wonder he came for me first. He could have attacked any of these other fucking kids whose parents killed them. But he came after me and my friends because you have his fucking glove. Mm-hmm. So thanks, mom. Uh, also, right after Glenn's deaths, uh, right after Glenn's death, and Nancy, you know, she's having her little nightmare moment. The fucking phone turning into Freddie's tongue. Oh my god! Your, your boyfriend now. <laughs> so disgusting, but so iconic. Girl, that's the biggest tongue I've ever seen. They just literally put a <laughs> piece of laffy taffy on the end of the phone, <laughs> and they're like, wiggled it. <laughs> It was almost as silly as Nancy's mom's skeleton or whatever when she's going into the bed. Yeah. And his arm just like, I could just hear it. I could hear it. didn't make the sound, but I could hear it squeaking. As Girl, it speaking of whenever like Nancy's mom dies, why did she sink into the bed like she's the fucking undertaker? 
I have no idea, girl. I was like, what? It was literally, I felt like a WWE scene where like they're going to, he'll sink down for a little while and then later he'll rise back up and his music will start. <laughs> I'm telling you, girl, that's giving me goosebumps vibes. Yeah. When I, every time I watch this movie, I forget that this happens. Like, every time I watch this movie, like, it's always just, like, a random thing where I'm like, oh, yeah, this happens. And I'm just like, okay, it's funny, I guess. Yeah. But her dad is, like, shook to the core after he sees that. Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, but obviously, before this, Nancy has her iconic little chase scene with Freddy where she is goes into the dream world and she tackles his ass after he, like, fucking tosses her around his dream world, obviously. And she tackles him, brings him out of the real world, or into the real world. And she ch- has him chase her around the house where she sets off all her little booby traps on him. She lights him on fire in the basement. It was fully dead by daylight when she was running around the fucking basement stairs and sneaking behind him. It was ridiculous. And she lights him on fire. And the heaviest looking stuntman I've ever seen in my life. He has, like, layers and layers of protective suit on him. But then also Freddy's sweater right at the very end over all of that is stomping up these stairs. It's crazy. It looks like the fucking Michelin man put on a (laughs) Freddy sweater. It's literally the Michelin man at it's the Michelin man at Halloween girl dressed up as Freddy Krueger. It's crazy. But you know what? Shout out to them still. I mean, doing it practically because that scares me more than anything. Knowing that there's a real fucking person walking around on fire. So. Exactly that. But yeah, so she she traps them, burns them, and then when her dad finally gets to her house, the fucking fire flames, footsteps going all the way up the stairs. It's such a funny visual to me. I love it for some reason. Because I would be like, I would probably give the deepest sigh at that moment if I was Nancy. I'm like, Ugh, <laughs> we're still fucking going, Freddie. Like, I'm tired. What else do I have to do to fucking kill like your ass? another flight of stairs? <laughs> I am not going up there. You're going to have to come down here. You're standing at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> You're like, come fight me. Freddy, come down here right now. I'm not going up these stairs. Fuck you. You're like, fuck my mom. <laughs> Just yeah, I mean. <laughs> Shout out to Karen. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's when her mom floats into the bed. And then she defeats Freddy with the power of her mind. <laughs> the power the of her mind. It's very um, It Chapter 2 vibes where they're oh, telling him that. that he's nothing. <laughs> he's not Very those vibes. Very goosebumps. I'm going <laughs> to keep saying it. Very like, you know, I don't know. Like a 12-year-old kid found out that they can just tell their bad dreams that they're nothing and move on. So I live. Imagine she was just like, fuck you, Freddie. You're a little fucking pussy ass bitch. She <laughs> she did that in her own way when she called him shit. Yeah. Like, You're nothing. You're, You're shit. shit. I giggled. I was like, yes, Nancy, you tell him, girl. I live for her little sassiness in this movie. I love Nancy. I wanted Nancy. her to like read him to filth, though. Like, fuck <laughs> you. I mean, yeah. I and your it. ugly ass fucking sweater. You're not <laughs> scary. You're a fucking pedophile. <laughs> Full Kelly Rowland in... Uh, Pretty versus Jason. Oh, yes. What kind of beep runs around in a fucking Christmas sweater <laughs> with butter and eyes? Oh, yeah, she reads him down. And then she gets literally fucking v- v- launched by Jason into a tree. Yeah. <laughs> the way I, I just did. thought about fucking uh, catfished. 
that one episode, she was like, that's what you get for calling me a fat Kelly Price. <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, I know the reference, but in relation to what? Us saying that she was going to read Freddy the Filth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I wish she would have, like you said, maybe dragged him through the mud a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But she then le- leaves this moment into a dream sequence where it's so funny. The ending of this movie is so funny to me. She's so camp down to the car, having his fucking uh, Christmas <laughs> sweater design on it. Yeah. Her mom being like, well, last night I hit the bottom of the barrel. And they, that's when they say that it's time to move on or something like that. I was like, girl, there's only up from here, honey. She's like, I got so drunk that I can only get better. It's <laughs> so funny. I think I'm going to quit drinking. I was like, okay, go off. This is obviously a dream. And then, like, in this scene, we see, I'm sure we've seen it other times, but the door is blue in this movie. But in all it the other blue. movies, it's red. I mean, they can, they can paint it, but my brain held on to that. <laughs> yeah, that was one of those, it felt very much like a... Um, what is the word I'm looking for here? Like a Mandela effect coming back and watching it this yeah. time. Cause yeah, you're right. Like I, I mean, you always just imagining with a red door, obviously. And the real life house has a red door to this day. So when I came back and yeah, this time watching it again, it was blue. I was like, hmm, I forgot about that. I, it was pretty crazy. Apparently the owners just painted the door black Ooh. in real life. The way so I would love a black door. It doesn't look good. No, no hmm. not the paint like that they use i don't think it looks good but a black like a matte black door would be kind of a serve we'll figure it out once i sign papers <laughs> so wait do we like the ending though with the ridiculous like body being shoved through the door Wes, i don't think liked it i'm pretty sure i think he in the research that i did i think he said he wrote like four different endings and he regrets going with this one yeah, I'm, I feel like it was like something with like the studio or something wanting to have it like end like this. Yeah, or they like needed, he just wasn't a fan. I think they were trying to like uh, do it for rating reasons, but yeah, it's not my favorite ending. Um, it's I mean the whole like silly little dream sequence at the end is great. I like it, but yeah, her getting shoved through the door like that isn't my favorite. But it doesn't hurt the rest of the movie for me. I love this movie so much. It is quintessential 80s slasher and or it is a quintessential 80s slasher if not the quintessential 80s slasher i love everything about it i love the music i love the chase scenes i love the campiness i love the silly acting i love it nice girl i was watching one of those the youtube videos where they show like the commentary from creators and apparently uh-huh. they had some deleted scenes and we find out that Nancy and her friends weren't always like only children. They had a brothers or like they had siblings that were killed by Freddy. See, that would make so much more sense. And it would have like made the story more interesting. Yeah, it was cut out of the scene. It was cut out of the scene um, just before Nancy's mom shows her the glove. Like that all comes to light. I was like, I wish they wouldn't have cut that out. Ah, that would have been so nice. I would have loved that addition to the story. And also, I didn't mention it earlier. I'm trying to make it a more common thing, but we have a body count of four in this movie. Yeah, not a lot of deaths, but a lot of impactful deaths. A lot of blood. They used, I think it was 500 gallons of fake blood for special effects in this movie. Wow, shout out. I love that. 
And then speaking of special effects, fucking Robert England's makeup took three hours every day. And this filming took 32 days. Girl. But wow. Freddy Krueger has like less than seven minutes of screen time. Yeah, he's not in the movie a lot, which I, I kind of like. Yeah, it, it keeps the mystery. It keeps the like how we've always said that the unknown is scarier than like special effects. Yeah, I love a lot of those shots of his eyes watching like in the boiler room. Those feel like Scooby Doo moments. Whenever like <laughs> the night, like you know the whole night costume. The picture, and the picture the, is following them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, very Scooby Doo. Like, the suits, like the night suits, like the little eye part, like lifts up and it's real eyeballs. <laughs> very that, but I, I, I. <laughs> I think they're funny. Um, yeah, I like that they kind of keep him, you know, down to a minimal amount of exposure in the movie. It makes the moments that you see him more impactful, obviously. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then, fun fact, m- maybe just fun for me, but this <laughs> high school was also the one where Grease and Pretty and Pink were filmed. Ooh, very fun fact. The original Grease. Oh, she scared the <laughs> shit out of me. I almost shit myself. Oh, my God. My toes are in pain. I <laughs> curled them up so fast. What's up, baby? Girl. No, it's okay, baby. We're almost done. <laughs> Girl, I was fucking terrified, too. Okay. Anyways. But, yeah. Same school as Pretty Pink and Grease. Iconic. Girl, the way that they... um rushed the fuck out of this movie girl they filmed it in june they started mid-june and it was released in november damn that's a crazy turnaround time yeah and like they filmed for all of june and like a good portion of july that's crazy their turnaround time we need it (laughs) we need and then they started cranking out all the other movies right after this Mm -hmm. so they said fuck the quality (laughs) <laughs> but i mean i don't know i love it still i mean obviously she's iconic i mean how do you feel about it stormy um it's a good movie i will still uh stray away from it for my own reasons um but that doesn't take away from like the fact that it's art and it's history in the horror world like i appreciate it for what it is but to protect myself i don't revisit them and it's very, uh, I mean, Wes Craven knows how to really, he knows how to make his horror very horrific mm-hmm. in a lot of the stuff that he portrays or a lot of the stuff that he shows on screen through his horror. And this is no different. A child murder is still something that's very creepy. And as the remake explores further, pedophilia comes into play. So, I mean, again, he knows how to make things uneasy. And at the same time, gave us something that was like so slashery, campy, fun. I don't know. It's a beautiful film. I love it. And I probably would rate it. I don't know. What are we going to rate out of? Finger gloves? Uh, Fedoras? Christmas sweaters? (laughs) So many options here. hmm. Crop tops? (laughs) Like so many options. Johnny Depp crop tops. Uh. Okay, let's do it. Out of five jo- uh, Johnny Depp crop tops, what are you giving this movie? I'd say it's a four n- 4.3. Okay, I was going to do four and a half. Yeah. For sure. She's iconic. I love it. 
I appreciate it for what it is and what it brought to horror because it is the building blocks of a lot of tropes and a lot of just themes that we carry on through horror today for sure. Let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Let's go ahead and do a quick dive and a quick discussion on the remake. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Alrighty, we are back. Now let's go ahead and dive into our second film, the 2010 remake titled A Nightmare on Elm Street. How original. So the movie was originally released on April 30th, 2010, made on a budget of around $35 million, with an opening weekend of $32.9 million estimated, and a worldwide gross of $115.6 million. It has a runtime of one hour and 35 minutes and was directed by Samuel Bayer. He is primarily like a music video director. It seems he has worked with a lot of fucking people. Green Day, My Chemical Romance, Cheryl Crow, just to name a few people. So he primarily directs music videos. And I can kind of feel that aesthetic in this movie sometimes. Rooney Mara is Nancy. Kyle Gallner is Quentin. Katie Cassidy is Chris. Thomas Decker is Jesse. Kellen Lutz appears as Dean. And Jackie Earl Haley is Freddy Krueger. Now, the synopsis here, it's the same fucking plot as the same as the last movie. A girl named Nancy and her friends are seeing an evil man in their dreams. It's the same plot. So let's go ahead and dive into this movie, Stormy. A lot of people have a lot of opinions on this movie. Let's just start there. So how do you feel kind of just coming into this movie? Girl, the way I'm not going to waste much energy on this because you instantly lost me when we turned him into a full-blown pedophile. No, thank you. That's not something that I'm going to waste energy on. That's not something that I need to see in my films. That's giving Green Inferno. That's giving things that we don't need to address. No, thank you. But Kyle Gallner? (laughs) (laughs) Kellen Lutz? Girl. Okay, so first and foremost, yes, I think, uh, you know, directly just labeling Freddy Krueger now as a pedophile, it does make the movie a lot more icky. And I do think, you know, hey, this is horror. If there's going to be a genre or anywhere in film where this story could potentially be told, it's going to, you know, horror is a good fit. It's going to make you uneasy. It's going to make you uncomfortable. I don't, I mean, I like that they don't, give us too much imagery also beyond you know the stock images that they use at the beginning to show creepy you know kid objects and you know we get the vibes from the beginning here but it is something that i you know i don't i didn't i didn't care for it either it doesn't it's not i mean again like it's always something that's been implied again like it was easy to kind of just kind of go through the original run of films because you know they never fully said anything uh, so it just makes it kind of like ugh, gross. Like everything is like really icky. It makes Freddy extra icky in this movie. So it definitely kind of kills the vibes a little bit of like what we are kind of coming to, you know, a nightmare on Elm Street to see. But I don't think it's that bad. 
I know a lot of people really, really don't like this movie, and I can see it. I can see where there could be room for a lot of improvement, but I don't think it's like that bad. I don't mind, you know, the, I mean, the acting's not great, but I like a lot of the set pieces. I like a lot of the dream sequences. I do like how creepy Freddy feels, even though it's kind of gross at times. He does seem really menacing in this movie. And I don't, like, hate it. But there's a lot to still, like, talk about here, girl. Because there's still a lot that could be improved upon, for sure. His face? The, the face is, it's, it's not it, girl. I don't know what they were doing in 2010. But this just feels like definitely like it was just muddled in with all the remakes that we were getting at this point. It feels like it's kind of thrown together in a weird way. You know what I'm saying? Like, it feels like it just wasn't, like... A full envision of you know a new nightmare on Elm Street. It just feels kind of, I don't know. It just doesn't have like a spark to it. To me, it feels like they sat down at a table and they said, "How can we make this silly, campy movie more horrible and graphic?" And that's what they tried to do by making him look more serious, burn victim, make him more creepy, make him more disgusting um yeah she's uh she's something she could use some help uh but i mean i get i think where this movie does shine at least is in its dream sequences oh yeah the transition whenever chris is sitting in the classroom and she like barely like lifts up a little bit and then just drops and everything turns like into an ashy color and everybody else fades away that shit, that was smooth. It was nice. Yeah, she was really pretty. Um, and I like, I guess at the very beginning too, like the neon sign is a good aesthetic. Um, when we get to like the Springwood Diner and like they're fine. You know, they feel more like nightmarish, I guess. So I really don't mind them because they also feel like, I mean, it feels like an actual dream world, I guess. So it feels nice. Like, you know, the nightmares in the original I mean, it feels like a set, you know, they're running around and, you know, when I'm dreaming, it doesn't always look like, you know, a perfect building. It looks more like fantasy is, uh, you know, more like a fantasy kind of thing. So I kind of like how this one feels like maybe stuff that I would actually envision, like some creepy shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But I kind of like the dream sequences in this movie a lot. I do, too. The uh, the way that they fucking murdered my Twilight dreams by fucking slashing Kellen Lutz's throat like <laughs> fucking two minutes into the movie. I'm offended. At least we got to see him for a little bit. A li- For one scene. Literally one <laughs> scene. And it was, I mean, the dialogue in this movie is a little rough. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that, again, the original's dialogue, she was very serviceable. There were some moments where you're kind of like, this is kind of silly. But this one is like all over the place. When she sits down, when Katie Cassidy sits down, Chris is her name in this movie. And she's like, wow, you look like you. And he's like, I haven't, like, I haven't slept in three days. Yeah. I was like, thanks for telling us. You literally have like eyeliner smudged underneath your eye. We get it, baby. You're not sleeping. I don't need to be told already. We're watching a night run Elm Street. I know you're scared to sleep. Like, don't tell me right away. Right. But, you know, they kill him off very fast. You know, Chris starts to see at his funeral that there's pictures of them as children together. And she's like, oh, 
I don't remember my childhood. And I was like, girl, same. And so she starts to look into <laughs> Trauma it. Trauma has a weird way of doing <laughs> things. Very that. And her mom is like, <laughs> when she finds her like looking at pictures, her mom's like, so let's put that away, honey. Let's just go to bed. And I'm going to go ahead and take a red eye and be gone for a couple of days. Bye. Your friend just killed himself in front of you. I'm going to leave you by yourself. <laughs> like, I don't know. The mom in this movie is very funny because at least the mom in the original, although she is crazed at times, is, you know, at least trying to protect her daughter. This mom is just, she's gone right away. And she's like, I got to go. Bye. Have a nice day. It was very funny to me. She said, "My, I have my own trauma to deal with that I haven't dealt with since you were a child, so I got to go. <laughs> also, can we talk about Chris's boyfriend? So it is Jesse is his, is his name. What a douche. At the funeral of her fucking friend who's just killed himself in front of her. Well, Freddie killed him, technically. But where he's like, she's like, you know, hey, uh, I, you know, I'm having these nightmares or whatever, you know, explaining the plot of the movie like they do a million times throughout this thing. And she, she's like, he, he didn't kill himself. You know, I, it felt like he was saying, you know, somebody, he's telling somebody not to, you know, to stop or whatever. And Nancy comes up and she's like, I believe you. And right away he's like, don't enable her or something like that. She's already fucked up and like pushes her away and walks away. And I was like, we're just going to brush that off. Like what? Well, and earlier he goes, uh, well, he was on a lot of drugs. <laughs> he's like, Kiss my ass. He just died in front of me. He's an asshole. Because he's jealous of him, because she broke up with him. Whatever Degrassi storyline they were going with to make up for that their plot, it was useless. But yeah. But yeah, let's just kind of talk about the characters here then. So they changed like everybody's name except Nancy. They kept the final girl's name as Nancy here. And Mooney Mara is a swell actress. You know, I don't think she's bad by any stretch of the imagination. I just don't care about Nancy in this movie at all. Yeah, she doesn't feel like a main character. At all. Like, she just doesn't, she just doesn't have, like, I'm just not, my, my eyes aren't gravitating towards her. Like, I'm just not feeling the energy. It feels like she was here to just, like, you know, act this out and move on. Like, it just, like, I wasn't feeling the final girl energy, honey. She was just kind of like, Ugh. and not to say that Katie Cassidy was like serving, but you know, she was, I guess, bringing a little bit more emotion to it. You know, the characters in this thing just aren't my fave. Maybe uh, even Quentin Kyle Garner is kind of like, he's okay. I guess we get him in a speedo. He's a precious baby angel. Leave Which him is alone. great. But like, I don't know, girl, they weren't giving what they needed to. Justice for Kyle Garner. <laughs> um, I don't care for Cassidy. I don't and, care for Chris. Okay, I mean she doesn't really do. She gives like scream queen energy, but it falls short. <laughs> <laughs> it just like I I just don't I don't know like I just need a little bit more of an oomph from everybody here. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, for sure. I need a little extra. She just feels very, I mean, like you said, like she just feels very, like it came out at the time where there was a bunch of remakes and like they wanted to try to be different and just kind of, like you said, turn like something that we know has been kind of silly and over the top, but still like really creepy and just like making it feel very like gray and muddled the entire time. 
it's just like everything feels so like uh, I mean, I don't know. Not to say that the horror doesn't work in that aspect. There's a lot of horror movies that are like filled with despair and dread the entire time. And they're great. This one just feels weird, I guess. I don't know what it is. It feels like maybe they didn't execute it well, if anything. You know, because obviously horror and dread go hand in hand. And this movie just fails at that attempt, I feel like. It just feels depressing. <laughs> it feels very depressing. It really, truly does. And... You know, and I just, I mean, there's things in this movie that I like. I like the idea of, like, the micro naps and, like, them being awake for so long that they start to, like, fall asleep while they're awake, I guess, is the idea. And, like, it's, like, morphing things together. Like, the scene in the grocery store, or not the grocery, is it a grocery store? Or it's, like, a pharmacy, whatever. But that scene's pretty creepy, and I enjoy it. For some reason, I'm drawing a blank on that one, girl. <laughs> it's near the end when Nancy goes inside of the fucking pharmacy or whatever and, like, it's turning into the boiler room and Freddy's coming towards her. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, see, that's okay. Like, there's things in this movie that they introduced that seem like they could be a fun idea. But, I don't know. It's it's just all over the place, I feel like. It is. It's not, uh, it's not as cohesive. Because I feel like this one was a lot longer, just like, it, it just felt longer. Like, the original feels concise. Definitely feel those vibes. Definitely feel those vibes for sure. And yeah, I mean, it just feels like an early 2010s movie. Like it, it kind of feels like a lot of movies that were coming out around that time. And there's just a lot of cheese, but like not good cheese. Because there's one point where I can't even remember what character it is, but they're like, oh my God. And he's like, <laughs> not here, just me. I'm like, bitch, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Also, yes, I hate the way Freddie's voice sounds in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it just sounds, I, I just don't enjoy it. It just doesn't sound like, I don't know, it's just. Yeah. Well, and they fucking, so the scene that we were talking about, like, uh, where Freddie's melting through the wall. Yes. In the original. They try it again in this one, but in this one, it feels like a scene from The Mummy. <laughs> it looks like the sand monster. <laughs> it's bad CGI. Yeah, it's like, not good. Ooh, why would you like? And I don't want to sound like a crazy fan stan or whatever, but like if you're gonna like try to redo something that was done like practically and looked do great, it practically. Yeah, just just do it practically. All you needed was like some pantyhose, girl. And it's just like what? And it just looks so bad. But, you know, and the Nancy's there giving nothing. And I'm just like, this is so silly. Yeah. It's just so silly. Um, And they redo Tina's death in this one with Chris, with her getting swung around the room. I think it looks good. I mean, obviously, with the technology of that time, it was able to look pretty good. Her getting swung around the room looked decent. And her getting sliced across the chest looked great. So I enjoyed her death in this movie. It was nothing to write home about, but it was good. Yeah. And unlike in... The original, the male characters in this film also get to uh, walk around in the dream world because then Chris's, you know, ex-boyfriend, Jesse, he ends up there after he's arrested, after they think he's killed her. Uh, and he falls asleep inside his jail cell and Freddy chases him around the boiler room and stabs him from behind right through his chest. Um, so very serviceable kill by Freddy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's honestly what, like... 
That could be the little tagline on the movie DVD cases. Serviceable. 2.4 stars. Very that. Very that. And yeah, she's... I mean, I don't know. She... It's the same plot. You know what I'm saying? It just... It doesn't have as much, like, fun in it. Yeah. And again, like, and it's they also... They tried something new, and it kind of bombed, in yeah. my opinion. And like I said, and it's, like, not bad. Like, I don't want to say it's, like, an awful movie. Like, it looks perfectly fine. Uh, well, honestly, what they could have done better, it's just, like, the scares in this movie also were just, like, so, like, sloshy and, like, kind of thrown together, which just kind of... It all feels so thrown together. It was like, there's remakes happening. Let's do Freddy. And like, it just felt like, like, it just wasn't like thought out well. Cause there's the scene where Quentin falls asleep for the first time, as far as we can see in the movie. And he's like walking around the bookstore. And then like, Freddy pops up and it feels like a slideshow. Like, Freddy slides into the screen. He's like, huh. But like, his face is perfectly still. It just looks so cheesy. Yeah. And it's just like not scary. And there's also the moment where Chris is in the attic where she finds her dress with the slashes through it when she was a child. And then, like, he just, like, pops out at the screen. Like, it's just cheesy. They're cheesy jump scares. And also, as a parent, why the fuck would you keep that? Also, yeah, why would you? Oh, maybe she was dreaming by this point? Maybe, but, like, you knew it existed. I have no idea. I feel like, I feel like she was dreaming. I don't think her mom would keep that. I guess the repressed part remembered the dress or something. but Maybe. Or it's just him trying to scare her, probably. True. Um, but, girl, in rewatching the original for this one, I, like, had moments of, like, legitimately jumping. You know what I'm saying? Like, they... And then it comes down to the sound design in that movie. Like, the synths make it super scary. But it feels, again, it feels very 80s and it feels very timely. And I enjoy the scares that happened in that movie. And this one just feels... You know, it's the at this time we were getting a lot of it where it's just the loud sound. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't even like have I don't know, the energy of a synth to it. It's like a loud bang and then it's like Freddy sliding in from off screen. Like it happens so often in this movie and I'm just like, it's not scary. It's just silly. It feels like I'm scrolling through TikTok and it's just like somebody trying to scare me. It just wasn't well done. Right. Like they're like, let's get Katie Cassidy because the girls, the gays know her already. <laughs> let's throw her in this movie. And then let's get Kyle Garner because, you know, the girls, the gays and the goths enjoy him and let's throw him in. And it's just like, and Kellen Luntz, you know, people love that Twilight. Like, let's get <laughs> these people. Let's throw them in this movie. Right. It's a Freddy Krueger movie. Let's get our money and let's move on. And it just feels like mm, lame. Yeah. Very lame. Very boring. Very boring movie. Bitch, when me and Stormy. Okay, listen, we try to watch it together first. And I fell asleep. And I told Stormy the next day, I was like, bitch, you know I took the challenge seriously because, <laughs> like, you're watching A Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, you're not going to want to. I mean, if you fall asleep during A Nightmare on Elm Street, then it's not doing its job. <laughs> it's not scaring you enough. Because if you're falling asleep, bitch, then it's it's failing. I don't. I didn't fall asleep during the original. You know what I'm saying? I fell asleep during the original this morning. But you fall asleep most... during everything. Well, <laughs> Listen. We know we can't turn on a movie past like 10 p.m. Before, without me falling asleep. But this morning, wide awake, tried to watch the movie, fell asleep, had the most terrifying nightmare I've ever had. The original. The original. Okay, see, she's doing her job. What After this, this one, slept like a baby. 
trauma-based. <laughs> it's trauma-based. Oh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street doing its job, I guess. Mm-hmm. Girl. But like I prefaced with this, I'm not giving it my energy. It's getting a solid one. <laughs> no, you can have a two because you have Kyle Garner and Kellogg's. Okay. I was kind of leaning towards like a two and a half, maybe. Fair. Fair. Um, I just, yeah, I don't, she was boring. She was so boring. She wasn't giving me anything. The characters were boring. Everything was very boring. Um, if I don't care about the main character, you fucked up. Right. She was giving me nothing, girl. I was not interested in her in the slightest. Again, I like the micro naps things. Um, some of the character choices are weird in this movie. Like the way they just act. I like there's that one point where Nancy and Quentin are in the car together and Quentin's dad pulls up and he's like, Quentin, he's like, I got to go. That's my dad. I'm like, you're fighting for your life. Fuck your dad. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. And then she's like, well, where are you going? Like, we're just fighting. He's like, honestly, Nancy, you sound crazy. And then he gets out of the car and I'm like, we're supposed to like this guy. What? I'm thinking maybe there's like some trauma with his dad that we're supposed to like pick up on, but they don't sell it to us hard enough. I don't know, girl. It's just like, what is happening? It makes no sense. And I'm just like, girl, this is a mess. Like, why would you say that? Why are we supposed to be rooting for this guy? I mean, I know in horror movies, a lot of the times the characters are just like, whatever. And we're getting them slashed and, you know, but I'm, I'm looking at the aesthetic. You know what I'm saying? And she looks a little bit more modern and like, I don't know, you know. The modern slashers these days are giving us some character depth and some interesting people to like see get slashed. So, and it doesn't have like the camp appeal of movies before it. So it kind of falls in that weird slasher time period where it's just kind of boring and they don't bring the fun like Sorority Row did the year before. You know what I'm saying? Like you can make a slasher and still make it fun. Yeah. If you can make me hate Connie Britton as a an actress oh my god bitch. You i completely up. forgot about her you fucked up girl the fucking scene where she comes into her nancy's room after nancy and quentin like first like figure out that it's a freddy krueger thing right <laughs> and she's like she comes in and she's drawing nancy's drawing and she looks at her mom it's like mom is there any relation between me chris jesse and quentin and dean and her mom's like no and Connie Britton looks like dead faced, but she's playing poker. And it's like, do you know anybody named Freddy Krueger? And mom's like, mm-hmm. you like see for a split second where she's like, she gulps a little bit. She goes, no. And it's like, mm, okay, mom. Like they were just both like waiting for somebody to break. And her mom leaves the room and immediately goes and fucking makes a phone call. She's like, she knows. I was like, girl, <laughs> this bitch is crazy. Yeah. Or when she pulls the mom out later and she's like, she needs to be sedated, but I need your <laughs> signature. <laughs> like, we're putting this bitch to sleep. They said, we are not showing any medical malpractice in this movie, honey. We're going to get the mom's <laughs> signature. We're not here to slander doctors, honey. Because she walked in there and she was like, I was ready to sedate this bitch. <laughs> and then she like knocked it out of her hand and she was like, let me get the mom's signature so I can fucking choke this bitch out and make sure yeah. she takes this back or this fucking this vaccine. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> this, oh, oh, the COVID trauma. Um, but yes, girl, it was ridiculous. There was just so much nonsense in this movie. Also, there's a point too where like right after fucking Quentin stabs himself with adrenaline and he has like a micro nap and he sees Freddie in the road. I'm like, aren't you high on adrenaline? Like, why are you, how are you micro napping? I'm confused. 
Aren't you fucking the journal thing? I don't know, girl. She's she's a. (laughs) Listen, I again, so two and a half stars. It's watchable. If you've never seen it, I would say proceed with caution. Obviously, huge trigger warning um, because we're dealing with an actual pedophile here in this one. And it's hard to watch sometimes. And I mean, again, if you're wanting to binge all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies and you can get through this one, it's fine. You know, the ending is okay, I guess. I do like the mom getting fucking sh- fucking finger fucked from behind by Freddy. Oh my the god, not finger fucked. That was kind of fun. That was a gag. I enjoyed her. Seeing yep. her get demolished like that was great. Honestly, you know what? Oh, no, two and a half is fine. I was going to give it another half a star. I was like, but no, we're not, not doing three just stars. For that. Um, but yeah, I don't think we'll ever talk about this one much again. So <laughs> um, to next week. I'm excited for next week, girl. Next week's a big episode and I'm scared. So yeah, Stormy. I mean, let's just wrap it up, right? Where can everybody find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can find us streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. And you can email us at slash herpod at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us for yet another week. We love you so much and stay spooky, you guys. Stay spooky, everybody. Bye. Bye.